the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire is still burning and they're still counting votes. Now that there's no election to talk about, those are the big stories. Elections that didn't work and uh, fires I guess they can't prevent. Whatever they're doing down there in Broward County, Florida, it stinks to high heaven. It's 2018. I mean, how hard is it to count votes? I mean, you know, they did it in 1818. How hard is it to count votes? And how many thousands of counties are there in the United States? So how is it that one county, Broward, in Florida, keeps getting it wrong? Uh, Brenda Snipes is the supervisor of elections uh, down there in Broward County. There are lots of reporters down there trying to decide if she's corrupt, incompetent, or both. I think she's competently corrupt and knows exactly what she's doing, but that's just me. Anyway, uh, I don't understand the fires in California. Not that they're burning, but how anyone would stay there after living through one. When you see uh, all the burnout homes, uh, just terrible pictures, and hear about all the people dying, uh, the death toll's up to 31 the last I saw. Lots of people missing, a couple hundred. You wonder why after those homes are rebuilt, anyone would choose to go back and live there, and they will. Because uh, there's another fire coming someday. It might be a long time, but it's going to happen. And, of course, the governor, Jerry Brown, is blaming it on climate change. And the president is blaming it on poor forest management because, well, we've reached the point that somebody has to be blamed even for natural disasters. And even if it is because of climate change, that doesn't mean humans caused it or can do anything about it. I guess we'll find out. Uh, maybe we will find out what caused it or how to prevent it or whether it was um, poor management and uh, environmentalists actually caused the fire. I don't know. But anyway, it's Monday, uh, and it's not a Steeler Monday, and I wanted to say something about the Steelers. Actually, I want to talk about Antonio Brown, something I, so I was thinking about over the weekend since there was no game to think about, I guess. Um, by now, you know that he was pulled over for going over 100 miles an hour on McKnight Road on Thursday. That's over 100. We don't know how much over 100. Nobody's reported that yet that I know of. It could be 101. That car goes about 180 probably. It's a Porsche. Uh, so maybe he was going 125, 140, I don't know, 110, over 100. He was going ridiculously fast on Mike uh, on McKnight Road. Uh, and that's stupid and juvenile enough. But then when he got to Heinz Field for the game Thursday night, he flipped the bird to the Channel 4 camera twice or three times, I think it was, uh, as he was getting out of his car. Now, here's my question. When asked about this uh, at the time that it happened, when they, you know, when the when the media found out that he had been caught speeding at over 100 miles an hour, allegedly, on McKnight Road, when they were asked about it, the Steelers said they're aware of the situation and will have no further comment. That's what I was thinking about over the weekend. Why not? How can they not have a comment on that? He was going 100 miles an hour on McKnight Road, and since Art Rooney the second didn't want to comment. I'll say what he should have said and what I would say if I owned the Steelers. And you can put this in quotes. We pay Antonio Brown millions of dollars to play football for the Steelers. Actually, it's like $10 million, at least, a year. We expect him as a 30-year-old man to be aware that when he's not playing football and out in public, he's a recognizable person because he plays for the Steelers and he represents us in the community. We apologize to everyone who may have been driving on McKnight Road when Antonio was going over 100 miles an hour. And we also apologize to everybody in Pittsburgh for the embarrassment. And we want everyone to know that we will be taking disciplinary action. How's that sound? A little better than the Steelers say they're aware of the situation. We'll have no further comment. Sorry. That's unbelievably weak. When we come back, we are going to talk to a Washington Post reporter about something completely different than I was just talking about here. Civil War at Fox News. And also, 
Later on, I'm going to talk about something I don't get, hunting. And I'm going to ask you to explain it for me. And also one other thing, something about a Trumpy bear. Stick around. Comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 donut hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold passion? for 2019 has your advantage plan changed terms on you what premiums are going up next year and how much should you switch your part d prescription plan or drop it all together don't go it alone let marley financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want a plan that focuses not just on cost but quality with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies. As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, I explained the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. The Original Mattress Factory's mission is simple. We hand-build quality mattresses in our local factories. We sell those mattresses directly to our customers so we can eliminate the middleman, saving you hundreds of dollars compared to mainstream brands. While the other guys have their gimmicks, the Original Mattress Factory has a straightforward approach and is committed to quality and doing what's best for our customers. It's what we've done for almost 30 years. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Great beds, no bull. That is the original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, the election is finally over, sort of, uh, except for a few places around the country where they're still counting and finding votes uh, in the trunks of cars and other people's beds and whatever. And as usual, uh, uh, Fox News was the highest rated station for election night, on election night. Lots of people still watch Fox. But what's going on behind the scenes? Is there a little civil war or a big civil war uh, going on between the news people and the commentary people? Here's the headline for Sarah Ellison's piece in the Washington Post today. Will Fox News survive as a house divided? A look at the network's ongoing drama in the Trump era. Sarah joins us now. Sarah, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So do you think that the the drama that you write about here would still exist if Hillary Clinton had won? In other words, is this all about Donald Trump? 
Well, I think that um, what's happened with Donald Trump that's sort of specific to him is that he has some very clear supporters inside Fox News who are not just Republican supporters, um, but people who are personally supportive of him, like Sean Hannity or Jeanine Pirro. And then there are other people at Fox who are sort of playing it down the middle. And I don't think that there would have been the same kind of personal association with the president um, had somebody like Hillary Clinton been elected. Yeah, the, the people you mentioned are uh, uh, people who are playing it down the middle. That's what you're supposed to do if you're a reporter, are you not? Well, yes. I mean, there are there are opinion pages right. in newspapers, and there are commentators in um, on television. And Sean Hannity described himself, you know, at various points when this started to become an issue. He said, "I'm not a journalist. I run a talk show." Mm-hmm. Um, but Fox News is a is a news channel, and so there are people, you know. He isn't really supposed to be campaigning no. for a particular candidate. And that's a real um, – that was what happened right before the midterm election when he got up on stage with Donald Trump. That really got people's backs up. Yeah. And so what's different, though? Hasn't there all – I understand what you're saying, and I worked in TV for a long time. I, I know the difference between mm-hmm. where the news department and, and a commentator or, a, you know, or the editorial page. So what's different? Hasn't there always been some conflict between the news side and the commentary side on uh, when it comes to cable and what's going Absolutely. on at all? The- yes. I mean, there are people, I mean, you could, it, it, this has always, it sort of has ever been thus, but I would say that the difference with um, Donald Trump is that he, I don't think we've ever had a president that so solely focuses on watching one news outlet um, and one channel the way that he watches Fox News. And so people have talked a lot about the feedback loop that exists between something that is on Fox and then will show up as a tweet from Donald Trump because he is watching a segment on Fox. And that's actually something, this didn't make it into the piece, but that's even something that Brett Baer told me when I interviewed him, which was that sometimes they will have a panel on his show talking about a particular topic, and then the president will tweet about it in the middle of the show, and they know he's watching because he is, um, because he's tweeting about exactly what they're talking about. And so in that respect, we've never had the kind of situation where um, news people at a channel are reporting on topics that their colleagues have sort of ceded to the president. You know, they, they, they've started these these chains that then end up being the news environment in which they, their their news colleagues have to report. Right, and I I don't doubt that for a minute that that's happening. But I I, I again because we're dealing with a different uh, animal here in Donald Trump um, is is it just that he that Donald Trump is more honest about the fact that he's watching and he's tweeting when. Uh, you know, Ronald Reagan and Bill Clinton and uh, George Bush, they didn't have Twitter. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like he's the first president sure. to use Twitter. So maybe the other guys were, were watching some network, but just nobody knew about it. Um, it's possible. I think that I think that's definitely possible. I think that it's been, you know, I've never heard about or seen coverage of a president that consumes as much media as Donald Trump does. He's very, very inordinately engaged with the news and media. He was somebody who was a media figure before he went into the White House. And I think he has um, also recruited people into his administration from the media, from Fox News in particular, um, although he has recruited other people from CNBC um, as well. So I think that his reliance you know, somebody like Barack Obama or Bill Clinton, I think, consumed media for sure, but they were also deep in their briefing books and they were policy wonks. Um, you know, they had other sources of information. Now, of course, he had, Donald Trump has policy um, people as well and he has briefing books, but he does really seem to rely much more on, on what he watches at, on news um, on television. And then your point is absolutely right, which is that he has maintained this direct line through Twitter um, that nobody else had. I mean, there's never been a president before on Twitter in the way that he is. And you get it directly from him, a stream of consciousness with typos. And we've never seen that before. So what we what is revealed in that is where he's getting his information and and the fact that he's getting it in real time. 
I had someone on uh, a while ago talking about how Trump deals with the media and, and the fact that he uses Twitter. And uh, she made a she made a pretty good comparison. She said it's really no different from FDR's uh, fireside chats. It's just a different technology that it's just all about going around the media. And people fell in love with FDR's fireside chats and people still talking about it uh, historically mm-hmm. as being this charming thing that he did. But uh, when you think mm-hmm. about it now and you want to be a little cynical about it, he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, I think that there are people, too, that love Donald Trump's tweets. There are people who are very happy to have a, hear directly from the president. That's a sign that he, he has a certain kind of authenticity, that he's not being um, filtered through a bunch of PR people. Um, so I think in both, you know, it's appealing to maybe a different cohort of people, but it, it is an appealing thing that, that people find um Trump to be so accessible. I, and I do think, I mean, I think your point about, or your, your listener's point about, or guest's point about FDR is, is well taken, that, that presidents and politicians in general have always resented the filter of media, um, not, you know, misrepresenting them and not, and not um, being faithful to what they want to say. I don't think we've ever seen someone who does it with the rapidity um, and the aggressiveness against the media that Donald Trump has shown. Now, is Fox any different? And we're talking to Sarah Ellison of uh, The Washington Post. She wrote a piece today about the asking the question, uh, is there a little civil war going on over at Fox? Um, is, but is Fox any different from MSNBC and CNN, especially MSNBC, I think? I mean, do any of the opinion people like uh, Rachel Maddow or Chris Matthews ever embarrass or upset the news anchors there with their fervor? You know, I think that that's, it's probably, um, I'm sure that, you know, and I, I, I want to go to, I want to be careful and say that nobody, none of the news people um, at Fox told me that they were embarrassed by Hannity. Okay. Um, when, you know, they, they, they sort of said we do different things. Um, I think that what's going on at Fox is, is different in the sense that um, because the opinion people have such, you know, are, are so close to the president, not all of them, but, you know, Hannity, Jeanine Pirro, which, whom I mentioned before, um, there are divides, of course, in newsrooms. I worked at the Wall Street Journal. There was an opinion page, an editorial page, and, and I was on the news side. I didn't know what the editorial um, page was going to write. We always talked about there was a, a real firewall between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so that exists everywhere. I think what's different is, again, the that, that Donald Trump, a sitting president of the United States, has such an incredibly close relationship with a couple of characters in um, inside of Fox. But... But you're 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 asking the question: Is there a civil war? Which makes me think that whatever is going on there is much more intense at Fox than it would be at uh, MSNBC or CNN. Whatever natural well, so, conflict yeah, you normally so, have. Right. So what happened um, is that because of this proximity to the president, um, there's one thing to have opinionated people, but there's another thing to have them specifically speaking um, to a sitting political. Um, figure. And so what what happened and what was crystallized with Hannity was that he sort of jumped on stage and was effectively campaigning mm-hmm. for Donald Trump's reelection campaign. And that is something that it doesn't matter whether you're on the opinion side of a news operation or not, um, you just can't do. And so I think that you know, if there were, if Hil- so we could go to MSNBC, if Hillary Clinton were president, um, and there were people on over at MSNBC who were, you know, so in the tank for Hillary and really showing up at her campaign events and jumping on stage with her speaking to crowds, I think you would absolutely see, um, you would actually absolutely see a discomfort among the, the straight, you know, anchors and reporters at a place like that, but you didn't see that because that isn't what happened. And so the circumstance, I mean, it's a hypothetical question. Isn't everybody kind of exactly the same, except they're not because Trump is the president. Sean <laughs> Hannity is on stage with Trump, and right. that's what's happening at Fox News. So Yeah, and uh, I, I always wonder that, uh, I, I always, oh, wonder is the right word. I, I think it's interesting that um, George Stephanopoulos, uh, you, you rarely hear anybody uh, suggest that that he's in the wrong position uh, when someone like Hillary Clinton is running for president, it would mm-hmm. be like Carl Rove anchoring uh, Fox News's um, 
coverage of the presidential election. It, it makes, mm-hmm. but 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 that mm-hmm. goes on, and nobody's embarrassed by that. Um, and I I actually, as a person who just observes the media, I think it's embarrassing. And no, I don't think it would be so embarrassing if someone other than a person he used to be the chief of staff for her his her husband was was mm-hmm. uh, anchoring it. But that's that's pretty blatant, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's certainly, I mean, I think this is one of the things that people who are at Fox and people who watch Fox see as rampant throughout the rest of the media. Um, I think you do have to, again, these aren't hypothetical questions, like you should watch an interview that George Stephanopoulos does with Hillary Clinton and see what he asks her about and see the way he questions her. Um, and and, And I think that you would find it to be, very different in nature than when Sean Hannity um, interviews Donald Trump. No question. Backstage. Now, no the, question. the difference is that, you know, when you talk to, you know, the person that I interviewed at Fox for this story was Brett Baer. Mm-hmm. He asks the president tough questions. Right. Um, so I'm not saying that he's in the tank for Donald Trump. I think that, you know, the content of the kind of, you know, the kind of question that goes on is important. The actual Right. The actual substance of the interview. But uh, yes, of course. I mean, this is something that, um, you know, Stephanopoulos uh, has heard many times. He used to be in a deep, deep into the Clinton administration. Yeah. No, I as, as a conservative myself, to be honest with you, so, so you know, mm. I, uh, and I, I have a problem with Stephanopoulos, but I would never accuse him of fawning, which is what Hannity does to the point to make me mm-hmm. want to throw up. So, I mean, I, I mm-hmm. it's it's blatantly just it's embarrassing. And, it, and I I know maybe nobody admitted to you that it embarrasses them, but you and I if you've been around a while and you've been in newsrooms and worked at different places, I know that there are people embarrassed by Hannity's fawning. That they have to be. You you, you wouldn't well, be a journalist if you weren't. I mean, I think that the interesting thing about um, Fox in this particular case is yes there is there's absolutely this relationship that is there's not a single bit of skepticism or challenge that he brings to his coverage of uh of donald trump what i thought was interesting inside was that there it's a little bit like watching the republican party grapple with donald trump which Mm -hmm. is that there are a lot of people who didn't like him as a candidate and aren't fans of his but for their own sort of survival and political, for their own political survival and practical reasons, aren't going out and making kind of full-throated critiques of him or his policies. And and I think that there were a couple of people inside um, inside Fox News, I think of Dana Perino, who worked for George W. Bush um, as a press secretary, as somebody who had on air early on when, when Donald Trump was a candidate, who really objected, you know, and had a healthy, interesting, smart discussion about, um, it wasn't about being a Republican or a Democrat, it was just about, you know, questioning the the ideals that somebody, the ideas that somebody um, was putting forward. I think you, you hear a lot less of that now, and it's partly because television news um, is a news product, but it is also increasingly an entertainment vehicle for the people who are watching it on both sides of the political spectrum where they want to have their their opinions reinforced um, and and they want to be entertained by the political climate and increasingly you know Donald Trump is somebody who recognizes the the entertainment value he can provide and how he can sort of move people to get behind issues and stories in a way that other politicians have been less adept at doing Sarah, I'm uh, up against a hard break and out of time. I'd like to continue the conversation, but I can't. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. Sure. Thanks for having me. Take care. Uh, okay. That's Sarah Ellison of the Washington Post. And the headline is, um, where is it? Will Fox News survive as a house divided? I think they'll survive. They're making tons of money and killing everybody in the ratings. When we come back, I'm going to ask for your help a little bit. 844-302-1250. I'd really like to... I want somebody to explain hunting to me. I don't get the joy of killing a deer. I don't object to it. I just don't get it. Maybe you can help me. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. As if the wildfires that have destroyed the Paradise, California area and the northern half of the state and parts of Southern California weren't enough... 
But Turek County Fire Chief Mark Lorenzen says two new wildfires sprang up this morning west of Los Angeles, including one that shut down a highway near Topanga Canyon. We do expect some threat to structures in the area of Corganville and Smith Road, and there are uh, evacuations in the Lake Manor and Box Canyon areas. The blazes have been blamed for some 31 deaths. The cause of the two biggest fires on opposite ends of the state were under investigation. Pacific Gas and Electric told state regulators that it had a problem with an electrical transmission line near the site of the Northern California blaze minutes before it broke out. On Wall Street, a record drop again as the Dow was down by 602 points. The Nasdaq dropped 206. This is SRN News. When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper in credit card debt? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management will consolidate your accounts and work with your creditors. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. Joe Walsh is fired up about the president's economy. 250,000 new jobs created in the month of October. The unemployment rate stayed at 3.7%, a 49-year low, exceeding expectation. The Joe Walsh Radio Program, weeknights at 9, right after Larry Elder at 7, at a.m. 1250. The answer. Hurt in an accident? I can't help you. But if you've invented a new product, improved an existing device, or need help registering a trademark, call me, Attorney Gary Topolowski, at 877-5-PATENT. I've been helping clients protect their ideas for nearly 35 years. Email me at patentlawyerpittsburgh.com. Ask about my discounts for veterans and seniors. 877-572-8368. Now's the time to pursue your dreams, but let's protect them first. There can be benefits to consolidating local school districts, but operational concerns, contractual, economic, and even parochial matters stand to trump any rush to future mergers. As an analysis by the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy concludes, given past experiences, both voluntary and mandatory consolidations in Pennsylvania seem very unlikely. To learn more about this important public policy issue and others, Visit AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional thinking is challenged every day. Most executors don't want the job, quite frankly. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law, on the importance of proper estate administration. There's a lot of steps that go into settling an estate, and if they don't get it right, not knowing the law isn't a defense to why you didn't do it correctly in the first place. When you pass without appropriate planning, it can be very costly. We see more fractions within families when death and money are involved. If you don't plan appropriately, it's very common. Siblings don't speak anymore. We act as the mediator for that executor to understand the law. We sit down and go through what probate looks like. Once we go through those steps, we'll assist with getting all of the legal documents, getting you sworn in with the local court, and starting that probate process. And then we will act as the mediator with the beneficiaries and the executor. Hear more on Conti's Law, Sunday morning at 8.30. Here on The Answer. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Plenty of busy spots this Monday afternoon. Outbound 28 now seeing quite a bit of volume from Chestnut Street to the Highland Park Bridge. McKees Rocks Crash Island Avenue at Tunnel Way and lots of delays on the Parkway East outbound. Seeing a big delay from Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood Swissvale. Slow on the inbound side from 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West is slow on the inbound side. Green Tree Road to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight we'll have rain at times tonight as chillier air pushes in. We'll drop to 33 tonight. Rain likely will end to some wet snow late. Little or no accumulation, but watch for slick spots if you're out. 
couple flurries around to start tomorrow. Otherwise, cloudy, brisk, and cold with a high 38. Mostly cloudy and rather cold tomorrow night. Low near 20. Clouds and breaks of sun for Wednesday. Rather cold day with a high 36. I'm meteorologist Frank Strike on AM 1250, The Answer. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Uh, let me start this out by saying, if you've been listening here for the, what, five months we've been on the air, four months, whatever it is, um, you know that I'm a strong Second Amendment guy, and you probably don't know how strong I am. I uh, am just uh, 100% uh, Second Amendment. And no restrictions, Second Amendment, and uh, I don't believe it has anything to do with hunting. I don't think it even has uh, much to do with self-defense. I think it's about killing tyrants. That's what the Second Amendment is about. So I'm not one of those guys who uh, is, has any problem with the Second Amendment. And I'm not, again, I don't have any issue with um, hunting as far as wanting it to be outlawed or hating people who do. But for all my life, I've just never been able to get it. So I want to tell you a little story. And I want someone to call me. Uh, seriously, um, call me because I have a couple of pieces here that I, I'm going to look at where people are explaining the thrill of the hunt and the thrill that they get when they kill an animal. And I just don't get it. So I, I'll tell you the story. Uh, Saturday, I was uh, I had my two dogs. I have two golden retrievers. I take them for walks in the woods. I try to find places where I won't see human beings. That's awfully hard to do without having to travel far. Um, And so I I went up off the path at the place near where I live, a park near where I live, and back into the thick woods because, uh, well, the vegetation's gone now, so you can can go back there without getting hit by the jagger bushes, as we say here in Pittsburgh. And uh, I, um, uh, I was walking with my dogs, and it was nice. Beautiful fall morning, and um, my two golden retrievers are having a great time rolling in deer poop and doing the things that they do out there. And then I, uh, all of a sudden, I saw my dog's ears perk up and their heads perk up, and I looked, and a giant, beautiful buck came bounding across the path in front of us. Um, my dogs wanted to chase, and they listened well, so I said no, and they stopped. And I watched this this uh, buck. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a beautiful animal. They don't see too many bucks uh, for some reason. A lot of deer, you don't catch a buck that often. And it was just me, the two dogs, and the buck. And the buck was maybe eh, 40 yards away. And he stopped and turned around and looked at the three of us, myself and the two dogs. And I didn't know what he was going to do. I, he almost looked at us like uh, you messed with the wrong guy. I don't know what I don't. I don't. I'm not a hunter, so I don't know what bucks do in situations like that. But uh, I just, just as he stood there, I just thought of what a magnificent creature it was. And eventually, he just went off. So I went home, and my wife is a big animal person, and I told her about it. And uh, I told her what this this great deer that I saw. And the first thing out of her mouth was, how does anybody shoot something like that? Well, how could anybody want to see that animal die? So we, we have that discussion a lot. So to go on with the story, today I decided to go back to the same spot, which I hadn't been to in a long time. And I'm not expecting to see the buck, but I just I went there because there were no humans and uh, it worked out pretty well on Saturday. As I'm walking down the path near where I had seen the buck, I come across a guy in camo, and he's carrying a crossbow, and he gives me the be quiet sign, and I walk up, and he says, I just shot a buck, and he shot it with his crossbow, and I said, did you kill him? And he said, I don't know. I I think I heard him fall, Um, and he showed me the, uh, he said he thinks he got pretty good shot. So I'm thinking that's, and it's probably the buck that i saw i don't know maybe it isn't but i'm thinking that and so i I, and the guy was nice and i wasn't going to bring it up to him and say how could you shoot the buck and he was we had a nice conversation and i didn't let on in any way that it bothered me that he shot the buck it was just a conversation between two guys in the woods and he had he had killed a deer and he was telling me how it happened and that was it um and and he's doing it by the way for the township uh so he's he's legal and he's he's doing it because they're Calling the herd, I guess. So again, my question, I, I, the, the, the reaction, I, I've never fired a gun. Again, I'm a, a strong Second Amendment guy. I've never held a loaded gun in my hand. I've never shot a gun. 
So it's not, and, and I have no issue with doing it. If somebody wants to invite me to a shooting range, I, I'll go. But um, so I, I, after seeing this guy today, I'm driving home and I'm thinking the same thing I was thinking on Saturday. Only now I'm thinking about the buck got shot with an arrow. And uh, did he suffer? Did he? I don't know. I started feeling bad for the buck. I guess you're not supposed to do that, especially if you're a guy. Or you're supposed to be tough and say it's too bad. It's only a deer. But I, sorry, I felt bad for the buck. And I, and again, I, I asked myself the question, and I'm asking you, give me a call and tell me if you're a hunter. And I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to disagree with what you do. I just, I don't get it. I don't get, I get, I get the pursuit of the animal, uh, which you, which I could do with a camera to get some really good pictures. I get the the sport of it of trying to outsmart the animal and get close enough to get a good picture, but I, I don't get going through all that with the express purpose of shooting a a, a, a deer. I don't get it, um, and I know they I know that I know all the I know about venison. I know that people eat them. I know all that stuff. I know about the, the traffic issues with deer causing traffic accidents, and there are too many of them. I understand that. And I understand to a point the need for having to reduce the herd. I don't understand the joy that anybody would get in doing it. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand it. So I looked for a couple things here. And here's something from the Anchorage Daily News that I found. Uh, and it's uh, Christine Cunningham. And she's talking about uh, duck hunting, I think. Yeah. I had just reached into the icy water of the bay to bring it aboard. Uh, so serene in its death, the beautiful bird, a drake harlequin, is not something I would have been able to examine if I hadn't shot it, I thought. My hands trembled as I admired the smoky blue suit of feathers with crimson breast beneath a black and white barred chest. They call him the wood duck uh, of the north, the boat's captain said as he started the motor. I handed the bird to Steve so he could examine it. We were both quiet and submerged in our private sentiments. The three of us understood how you could love an animal or bird and also shoot and cook it. We just didn't talk about it over the sound of the motor. So eating it, cooking it, that's a totally different thing. And again, I understand, I understand the idea of shooting it then cooking it and eating it and it being tasting really good and being glad you got the duck and killing it and, and eating it. But I don't understand enjoying the actual act of killing it. I don't. And I guess there are people out there who do. So I came across another one here. And this is, this is one I don't get. Uh, this is a woman. And this is from Illinois Outdoor News. I don't know the name of the woman. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's jo- jo- uh, Johanna somebody or other, Kern or something like that. It doesn't matter. She, was, she says, I was a bundle of energy as I watched the doe take off into the woods. I felt like I had made a good shot but was nervous, and this is with a bow, and uh, could hardly control the adrenaline rush that follows when shooting a deer. See, this is why I don't get the adrenaline rush. I don't. I could get the adrenaline rush of shooting a um, a... A, a wild animal in in the jungle that's trying to kill you, maybe. But a doe, as it uh, takes off into the woods, you shoot it and end its life. I'm sorry, I'm sorry if that makes you not like me. But I don't like, I don't get it. I like that I had made a good shot, but was nervous and could barely, hardly control the adrenaline rush that follows when shooting a deer. I mentally marked where the doe had entered the woods and began to take slow breaths to calm myself down. I hung up my bow. I called my dad to let him know I had just shot a deer. I could not wait to share the news with him. At this point, the sun was beginning to set. So she she shoots the deer. The deer is still alive because she can't find it. So it's out there with an arrow in it, I guess, uh, and having not having a good day. Uh, you're, you're walking around in the woods with an arrow in you. Not good. Uh, and she's she's thinking about the adrenaline rush that she's getting. I'm thinking about the deer walking around with an arrow in him. Does that make me a bad guy? I don't know. That's just the way I react to it. So he says there really wasn't much of a... Um, in the morning, my dad and I met around 6 a.m. They started tracking the deer. She says there really wasn't much of a blood trail to follow. As the minutes passed, I became more and more upset with myself. After several hours of searching, I, I had to leave for work. I felt terrible. See, she says I felt terrible. I'm thinking about how the deer felt. That's just me. 
I think the deer feels a lot worse than she did. So several hours later, I got a text that turned the whole day around, a picture of my deer. I was so relieved and could not get out of the office fast enough to go put my tag on my deer, my deer, it's hers now, and help drag her out of the woods. So you start by seeing this beautiful animal, this doe, bounding through the woods, and it ends with you dragging it out dead. I don't get it. I I mean, I know it's done, and, it's, it's a, and I would never want to make it illegal, and I don't make necessarily, I don't think you're a bad person if you do it, because lots of good people hunt and like it. All I'm saying is, I don't get it. I'm reading these stories, and it's not being explained to me, and nobody's calling to explain it to me. So there must not be any hunters out there, or maybe you can't explain it. But um, So she finds the deer, and she says, while my shot was not perfect, it was not, it was not a bad shot. It was a touch far back and had hit one lung and the liver. While it appeared the deer had been traveling northeast, she must have made a hard turn and went northwest instead. The deer had traveled 300 yards with no blood to follow. Isn't that unfortunate? No blood. It wasn't bleeding enough for you. I was hard. It was hard to know which direction she had gone. It was an experience I will never forget. White-tailed deer are pretty amazing creatures, and during each hunt, I learned more about them. While tracking proved to be an emotional roller coaster, at the end of the day, I achieved my original goal and harvested my first deer with a bow. She has a, an explanation point there. Uh, I'm sorry, Johanna. I don't share your joy and your adrenaline rush. We'll be right back. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it all together? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. It's been a full day. The to-do list is done, the kids are in bed, the dishes can wait. Right now, this moment is just for you. It's your chance to unwind. It's your end of day, ah... At the Original Mattress Factory, we're proud supporters of the end of day ah, and we want to see how you relax at the end of your busiest days. Share your posts on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the hashtag end of day ah for the chance to win a $1,000 Original Mattress Factory gift certificate. Relax. You've earned it. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. 
But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies. As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, I explained the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we uh, got a few minutes left here. Um, why don't we? Well, you know what? How about a word from our sponsor? Introducing the original Trumpy Bear, the fearless, super plush American Grizzly. Trumpy Bear was born June 14th, Flag Day. Just find the secret zipper and pull out the flag blanket. Then wrap yourself in the red, white, and blue for comfort and warmth. Show your patriotism and proudly display Trumpy on Flag Day. And on any American holiday, Trumpy can even honor your own family heroes. God bless America and God bless Trumpy Bear. Simply style his trademark hair and place him in his favorite chair. Even the toughest guys will love Trumpy Bear. When America is great, business is great. When business is great, I am great. I love you, Trumpy Bear. Order the Super Plus Trumpy Bear for only two payments of $19.95 and receive a special certificate of authenticity. Don't miss out on owning a piece of American history. Yep, that's uh, and that I think is a real commercial. The it's we, that's an edited version of it, like a minute. It's uh, it goes longer than that, so it's lo- it's that's not a that's part of a longer commercial, not made for like commercial TV, but um, it's on YouTube and it's out there. And I'm looking here, and you can buy a Trumpy bear, and it, it does <laughs> it's a it's a teddy bear. Wearing a red, uh, uh, has a, a shirt with a red tie. I guess Trump wears red ties a lot. And uh, he has Trump hair. He has like, well, bad hair. He's got, it looks bad. And he's, that's a Trumpy bear. Says here, and he's not, it's not an official sponsor, by the way. But, but we'll take him. You know, if you're out there, you want to buy some spots here on, on AM 1250, the answer, give me a call. Call Mike Howard. He's the sales guy. Uh, we'll, we'll sell him. And we'll sell you some Trumpy bears, uh, but they're fifty. It says here it's fifty six dollars and eighty five cents at Walmart, and they said a couple payments of nineteen something. But here, the Fearless Tyrant Super Plush is only thirty four ninety nine. So there you go, the Trumpy bear is out there. Uh, a, a little sports here again before I go. Um, something that really bugs me and and uh, baffles me. And every every Sunday and Monday. There will you will see videos of fans getting in fights at NFL games and sometimes college games, but more more often than not, it's a it's a pro game. And I saw a picture uh, today that made me think about it. Um, a, a video on um, on Twitter. A woman um, is at a game. She's at the Patriots Titans game. I believe that yeah, game was in Tennessee. So she's she's wearing her Tom Brady jersey, and she's in Tennessee. And she's uh, in Nashville at the stadium, and I've been there. It's a loud stadium, and the fans are pretty good there. She is standing up, and she's holding a what looks like, uh, I guess, the Tennessee Titans version of a terrible towel, some kind of a banner, and it looks it's got the Tennessee Titans colors. And she's growling and snarling, and she's looking at a group of fans, and she's tearing it. She's having a tough time tearing it, and she's trying to get the fans riled up. I don't know if, she, if it's a guy. There's a chance you're trying to get somebody to punch you in the face, or you're trying to start a fight. I don't know what she was doing, but that's what she was she was doing that. And I, here's what here's what you have to understand: if you know anybody who does this kind of stuff at games, first of all, I, I don't I don't even get wearing anybody over the age of twelve wearing a game jersey. I don't get that, but that's again that's me, uh, man or woman, <clears throat> but especially a man. But um, it, here's the thing: it, I, what she's doing there is she's standing up for her team. She's showing the fans there that we may, they, they got beat, and it was a bad game for the Patriots. What she's doing there is she's saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan. We're losing, but I love my team, and I'm standing up for my team. And anybody who's – you, you, you want to do something about it? Basically, that's what she, that was the look on her face. 
Here's the thing that this lady needs to understand. Everybody needs to understand. Fans need to get this. If you are, if if Tom Brady saw this woman doing what she's doing, wearing his jersey, she may think that Tom would be really proud of her for standing up for him and showing her support for the old red, white, and blue, which is the Patriots colors. He would hide if he saw her. He would run if he saw, to get away from her if he saw her anywhere. They and the thing is, when you see these fights, they, they, the, the people get in fights. You know, one guy wearing a 49ers jersey, the other guy wearing a Raiders jersey, and they're beating the hell out of each other after the game. They're both drunk, and every once in a while, you get to see a, a plumber's crack because the the guy's pants are falling. It's just it gets uglier every time. It's just hideous. Well, the thing is, these two these two teams have just played each other. They've beaten each other up viciously on the field for for over the three hour period of the game that the game takes. And when the game's over, they got their arms around each other and they're laughing like thirty seconds after the game ends. And in the stands, you got two guys wearing the jerseys of the teams who played and they're beating each other up. I mean viciously. you can find tons of them on, on YouTube where a guy's lying in the in the uh, in between the seats and some another guy big guy usually about 60 or 70 pounds overweight is punching him in the face if the play, the players are are like 300 yards away down on the field they're hugging each other and laughing about the game two people who had nothing to do with the game never will have anything to do with what happens in the game they're beating each other up over it it's uh, it's a sign of well it could mean that we're doomed but that's been going on for a long time I think we'll survive it but please act your age at the game just watch the game I wrote a book it's called that just watch the game see you tomorrow the John Steigerwall show is a production of AM twelve fifty The Answer and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.